This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday morning. Hoping all is well with you out there as always. Today I thought we would dive into this idea of all the different types of alkaloids in Kratom besides the two that are most known, metragenine and 7-hydroxymetragenine. There's another one that actually I've heard of before and I've seen it mentioned elsewhere, and it is more prevalent in the Kratom plant than 7-hydroxymetragenine, but it seems to be a little less psychoactive, hence people don't talk about it as much. This is called, and I am so sorry if I'm butchering this science community, speciosiliatine. This is a type of alkaloid in Kratom that is actually found in higher concentrations than 7-hydroxymetragenine. And it's somewhere around like 2 2 or 3% of any given dried Kratom leaf. And supposedly, it is more prevalent in red varieties of Kratom than others. However, I have read in other places that red varieties of Kratom have heavier concentrations of most alkaloids in general. But, you know, all of this is like a new frontier, people. I think that's the first thing that I should have started off with. There are a lot of different reports on this sort of thing. There's not enough research on Kratom plants in general. Yes, let's let's play that tune again. But in addition to that, there's really not enough research into the different types of alkaloids in Kratom and, you know, what they really do. And actually, <laughs> stop right there. How many are there? Because I've seen reports that say there are at least 25. I've seen reports that say there are over 40. So we're talking about dozens of alkaloids that no one talks about in everyday Kratom conversations. And I want to know what the heck they do. <laughs> what are these things? So today we're looking at spiciociliatine. Again, I'm probably butchering all these names, but oh well. So spiciociliatine. From what I've found, and I'll put all my sources in this description of this podcast... It is more prevalent than 7-hydroxymetragenine on average, but not by much, because 7-hydroxymetragenine is somewhere around 2% as well, naturally. And the effects, there are some psychoactive effects from the first, you know, studies that we have looking at this alkaloid, but they are not as heavy as 7-hydroxymetragenine. And they also, you know, just haven't been studied enough to really understand how those psychoactive effects take place. In addition to that, one of the really weird mysteries about this one is that we actually aren't quite decided on if spiciociliatine is an agonist or a receptor antagonist. And I had to, you know, Google both of those terms. And agonist, of course, an agonist, is a chemical that activates a receptor to produce a biological response. Okay. So they're, they're basically causing a receptor. They're activating a receptor in your body, and the receptor does something, right? 
then a receptor antagonist is something like, you know, a drug that you might take that blocks a response that your receptor might otherwise uh, be getting and then putting back out there. So it's it's like blocking a receptor. It's stopping something from happening. Um, it, it's blocking the receptor's response to something, or it's blocking something to even getting to your receptor, rather. Okay? So this, this is like... It, it, I find this fascinating. Like, this is the second most prevalent alkaloid in Kratom. And yet, we don't know if this thing causes your receptors to do things or if it blocks them from doing things. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I've seen some papers say or point to the fact that it is an agonist, but then I have found two other papers that say that it actually is a blocker. So I don't know what to make of this other than the fact that Kratom is like the most interesting plant on earth. <laughs> and I'm so happy about that because I made a darn podcast about it. So thank goodness for that. Plenty of material. Anyway, getting back to Spiciociliatine, um, some other things that I found. Looking at uh, a to z drugs.com, look at Kratom's page. It says that there are over 25 alkaloids that have been identified in the leaves of Kratom. And basically all 25 of those don't even make up 2% of the total alkaloid content of Kratom. So with 25 alkaloids, you're only looking at 0.5 to 1.5% of the alkaloid content of Kratom. It goes on to say that metragenine is like 60%, give or take, and 7-hydroxymetragenine can be up to 2%. Then here comes speciociliatine, along with two friends. <laughs> so this one says that speciociliatine makes up, like, it can be around 9% of the concentration of alkaloids in kratom leaves. 9%. But the other site, which is Kratom.org, is saying that it's like, you know, 2 or 2.5%, maybe 3%. These other two that it's mentioning, Pananthine, <laughs> and then the other one is Spiciogynine, that's 10% and 7%, respectively. So this is like, these three alkaloids right here are more than 7-hydroxymetragenine in the Kratom plant. Now, yesterday when I was doing the episode, I was kind of just ruminating about the fact that when we're making concentrations or extracts of Kratom, we're only ever really focusing on metragenine and sometimes 7-hydroxymetragenine, which I think is a bad idea because we've that's like one of the few cases so far that I've seen in terms of studies where harm can actually come from Kratom and any sort of, you know, breathing could be suppressed. And this is like talking about, you know, lab rats and mice, which by the way, I hate that. I hate animal experimentation. Always say that. It, the only case that I've seen like that where it actually causes real harm and respiratory depression in rats and mice is when you raise the levels of 7-hydroxymetragenine to absurdly high levels, much more so than the 2% you'd find it naturally in Kratom. So it's crazy to me that these three other alkaloids, hananthine, however you say that, speciociliatine, and speciogynine, all are like somewheres between... 2 to 10% of all the alkaloid content of a kratom leaf any given day. And that's just wild, because I don't know anything about any of those. And I don't think most people do, even scientists. <laughs> then it says, it goes on to say on uh, drugs A to Z, other alkaloids that individually comprise less than 1% of the total alkaloid content are, 
and then they list like one, two, three, four, five, five other ones, which I'm not even going to attempt to say right now. Uh, fascinating, fascinating stuff. The fact that speciosiliatine can't even be nailed down as either an agonist or like a blocker is just fascinating to me as well. Like, how is it that we can be unsure about that? Now, if, if this has been updated, like if there is new information out about speciosiliatine in terms of how it acts on our body, someone please share it with me because I'm just having trouble finding anything about it that's really, really up to date. But as far as a few years ago, this is this is what people are saying. So I just wonder, like, what are we really missing from these extracts? And if, you know, we're going to make extracts, I guess so far the metragenine extracts don't seem to be super dangerous, or at least, you know, if taken just at the singular dose that they're sold at, at a lot of vendors, and of course I'm not advocating anyone take Kratom, I'll just mention that now, or do this or take extracts. It seems like it's not super dangerous at that point, but then when you increase 7-hydroxymetragenine, it can be, maybe, and so what happens if you do that with the others? So maybe it's a good thing that we don't, you know, extract all those other ones because we don't know what they'll do. And if we change the level of concentrations of any of those, who knows? You know, maybe our heads will like turn blue or something. If spe speciosiliatine is increased to 20% of an extract, you know, like maybe we'll sprout wings and fly or maybe our heads will fall off. I have no idea, but like we really don't know. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. So I guess all this in saying that yesterday I was thinking about how uh, maybe we should be doing a full extract of everything so that it's the same as the plant. But now I'm wondering, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it should not be that way. And maybe we should just go with what we know so far, which is that metragenine extracted, but only up to a certain point, doesn't seem to be any more harmful than taking kratom leaves. Uh, but we still don't know that for sure. And let's shy away from doing anything else to any of the other alkaloids. Um, again, this is like the second most prevalent alkaloid potentially in any given kratom leaf, speciosiliatine. And really, not much material <laughs> at all on this thing. So I am learning. That is the lesson of today. Last thing before I sign off. There was an interesting study that I found about zebrafish, and this study submerged zebrafish embryos. Again, I think this is horrible, but here you go. The scientists submerged zebrafish embryos in a decoction of kratom, and then another decoction of metragenine and speciosiliatine, and then another one of morphine. And what they found was that there is a 100% mortality rate in the uh, zebrafish embryos at a certain level. And both the alkaloids, metragenine and speciosiliatine, cause significant alterations in the morphological development of zebrafish embryos, including hatchling inhibition and spinal curvature or scoliosis at the highest concentration. And the decoction of morphine basically caused even crazier morphological issues. So that might be a good warning sign and something that we should know about when it comes to people making these extracts, especially when it comes to speciosiliatine and metragenine, and of course just kratom in general. Uh, it, it kills all the zebrafish embryos. So maybe, just maybe, it's not a good idea to take kratom extracts of any type with high levels of any of the alkaloids if you are pregnant or breastfeeding 
and especially not for children. So I think that I'm going to start preaching that a bit more because I, I don't think that there's like an epidemic of, you know, like pregnancies gone awry because of Kratom or, you know, kids getting into Kratom and like, you know, having scoliosis because of it. But at the same time, let's not risk this stuff at all, you know? So I think that this should definitely be taken into account and Kratom shouldn't be considered for anybody who's really young or for babies or embryos or zebrafish embryos <laughs> for that matter. And uh, I guess I'll end on that. So thanks so much for tuning in today as we talked about ciliotine, this really strange but prevalent alkaloid in Kratom. Let's keep exploring and let's keep researching. And let me know if you have any insight into this. I got to talk to some scientists up in here. Come on. I'm like, <laughs> I'm butchering all these names and everything. And you still stick with me. Well, you're amazing. All right, everybody. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.